welcome to another episode of Pretty Perspectives, the podcast that opens your mind to new ideas and creativity. This is a safe space to talk about everything from art, traveling, life, mental health, your career, and more. I've curated this podcast to reach people who are avid learners and creative thinkers. My goal is to spread ideas, knowledge, and inspiration. Thanks so much for joining me. Let's get started. Welcome to episode four of the Pretty Perspectives podcast. Just a friendly reminder that podcast reviews are available now on Spotify. So if you are listening on Spotify or any platform for that matter, please give me a five-star rating so that it will support my podcast and motivate me to continue making episodes for you. Before we begin this episode, I want to make a quick announcement. I am officially a licensed real estate agent and have joined the David Green team. I cover both Sacramento and Placer County. I am honored to be part of this team. For anybody who is not familiar with David Green, he is a real estate investor, broker, former police officer, author, and last but not least, the host of the Bigger Pockets podcast, which is the largest real estate investing podcast. I personally have been listening to Bigger Pockets for the last two and a half years, and again, am honored to be part of this team. Today's guest is Ty Ladage. Ty is from Roseville, California, and loves sports and music. He has a blog, tyladage.com, which I will put in the podcast description for you guys to check out. This episode is super special to me because it's the first time that Ty has ever been on a podcast and it's my first interview on the podcast. He talks a lot about his life and the things that he's had to overcome in order to make him who he is today. And if you guys listen to the stories, you guys will come to see that he is very resilient and very strong, independent individual. And I just really admire who he is. So without further ado, let's get on with the episode. So today's guest is Ty. Welcome to the episode, Ty. I'm super glad to have you here. Yeah, Molly, thanks for having me on the podcast. And I am so excited to um, let you kind of talk about myself and uh, let you get to know more about me and Maybe some of the things that influence me, whether it's music or some of the things I've gone through in my life that um, have really shaped the person I am. I'm really excited to have you here. Okay, so Ty, the first question I have for you is what is your disability and what does it or how does it affect your daily life? I have um, cerebral palsy, uh, which affects my ability to walk and... um, some of my um, fine motor skills, like I, um, I have to walk using a walker, and um, I just, um, in terms of like fine motor skills, like I, I, I can't write, and there's a few other things that I struggle with throughout um, throughout my daily life. But I'm, by and large, I'm pretty um, independent beside that. So. Um, yeah, I should probably give a better uh, description, but... <laughs> no, that's great. I think you're I'll start super there. independent. You drive, and you have your blog. Would you say, like, you're a really fast typer? Um, I'm actually not a really fast um, typer, but it's really the only way that I've 
been able to like express myself in written form for, I don't know, the last 17 years of my life. And I, um, I'm really slow, but I've also found that uh, I use um, speech to text like you would on your iPhone or something. But uh, word word processing programs and whatever um, program you're using has different things where I can that allow me to talk, so I'm able to um, speed up the process there. And it's just something I've always dealt with, and you just kind of I've just kind of been able to figure out what works for me, and things are a little bit slower. Well, that's part of my life. You just kind of, or I just kind of go about my life in a way that uh, I just really figure things out. You do a really good job at it. Um, do, would you say that starting your blog and being able to type and express yourself, like you said, has really helped with self-development and like who you are and doing what you enjoy? I actually uh, started the blog as a, just kind of like a, hobby just to express my thoughts on like the various topics I enjoy sports and music as you mentioned in your intro of this podcast and it's just um a way for me to get out uh my thoughts and hopefully people read it but it's just I've I've always had so much knowledge in him those two topics that I I just did it as a kind of hobby just to find something to do so um what was the second part of your question? Would you say like it's made you who you are, like as far as self development and doing what you love, or would you say are you pretty passionate about your blog? Yeah, I think I would say it's more of a kind of a hobby thing based on the things that I'm that we'll talk about later in this podcast uh, that I'm interested in. It's just a way to for me to express my interests and really let people. Uh, get to know a little bit more about me. We're going to dive deeper into what your blog is about. All right. Um, but I have a couple questions for you um, before we get into that. So um, you mentioned that you have cerebral palsy. Mm-hmm. And so I was curious, um, how many surgeries have you had in total? And uh, where did you go for them? Well, when I was really young, I had a couple uh, eye surgeries. Like, I was really young. I hardly remember those. But those are, like, you're literally, the recovery is, like, one day. I just remember, uh, like, waking up and I was flying. But the bigger surgeries I had, I've had to get um, um, a pump put in, a vacuum pump put in a couple times. And that helps with my um, specificity due to my CP. And I've also had three or four major leg surgeries, like, when I was... About 10 years ago now, I had a uh, full uh, reconstructed surgery. Basically, um, my feet were, due to my disability, my feet were, like, turning the wrong way. So, I like to describe to people, they basically just reconstructed my whole foot and then did some muscle lengthening because my um, muscles were super tight. And then my um, I was really in a crouch, and as you can see, I'm still... In quite a bit of a crouch, but it's much better than it was. And even after, right after the surgery, they got me to the point where my leg was completely straight because um, with uh, casting and things like that, you're able to um, do that. And also, when I was really young, I, instead of surgeries, I did weeks and weeks of serial casting where it would be like four or six weeks at a time where I would have 
um, they would just try and stretch out my legs. And the fun part about it was I get all these fun colors and casts. I have my friends sign my cast. And it was like, my friends always like, what color are you going to come with today? And I had, sometimes I had pink. Sometimes I had green. If it was Christmas, I'd do Christmas colors. If it was Halloween, I'd do. So I was very, like, I didn't just do boring. Um, yes, very festive. And, um, yeah, was there a second part that I, um, I don't want to. I'm curious which hospital you got. Oh, um, most of my surgeries were done at Shriners uh, Hospital in Sacramento. I, uh, I had been going there since I was like, since I was really young. I had all of my, like, most of my serial casting and um, the Botox and the first couple surgeries I had there. But then I did uh, have a couple of my pumps done at my most recent backbone pump surgery I had at uh, UCSF. So, yeah, just a few different places in San Francisco and Sacramento, basically. So how many surgeries have you had in total, would you say? So I think it's about five to seven like major surgeries. I want to count all the late surgeries and the different ones with um, my uh, doing some of the hardware, taking it on my feet. So the next question I had for you would be, how was school growing up for you? And did you have any difficulties in school? School was great. I, uh, I really enjoyed school, but I, in terms of the difficulties I had, um, I touched on having to type everything and, um, that kind of slowed me down, but I also had to, um, because I couldn't write, I had, uh, a full-time aid with me. I would have to not only understand the information here, but I would have to, because I can't write, I'd have to dictate whatever my answers were to someone who may or may not know what the information is, and certainly when I was testing, they couldn't really give me any hints. So imagine trying to explain to someone that doesn't understand, I don't know, geometry or pick your, pick your math subject. But uh, overall, for all my subjects, I would say that was the most challenging thing. Like, uh, just everything would take me a little bit longer assignments to expand. Hey everyone, I'm sorry. I'm editing this podcast and just realized that we were having some major audio issues. Um, unfortunately, I had to take out a part of what Ty was talking about, but he was just talking about how um, he kind of struggled through school with doing a couple things uh, just slower than everyone else, but he has managed to figure out different ways that works for him. And he also talks about making friends and how lucky he feels, honestly, to have such great friends. Okay, so let's get back to the episode. That's awesome. That makes me really happy to hear. So it sounds like you grew up with a really great group of people. And I actually, yeah, I heard that you were quite popular in high school. So you had a lot of friends. I also heard that you were the prom king. Homecoming king. Homecoming king. I I had... um... Yes, I, I have a funny story about that. I'm all ears. Um, so the only reason I even got nominated to me with is because, so you know how it works. You're thinking of all the people that might be homecoming king or queen, and you're like, oh, 
It's going to be the athlete. It's going to be the this. I had a list of people like, oh, it's probably this this person, this person. So I didn't even think about um, nominate, getting nominated or um, nominating in my friends. But literally as a joke, the second to last day of no- to get nominations in, I said to my um, friend Joe, who I... Um, who I've known since middle school, I said to him, hey, just for fun, you throw my name in and I'll throw your name in. Let's see what happens. <laughs> so I ended up getting um, nominated for King and, or nominated for the court. And turns out later that he actually, um, the next dance, Cassava, was the king for that one. So I we always thought it was funny that we kind of both put our names in and, and ended up working out. Uh, yeah, that was um, quite the experience. I, uh, let's see, what do I remember about that? Um, it was just, it kind of shocked me. I was just, uh, like like you said, I was, for a week or however long it was, I felt like I was super popular and it was funny. I was in a drama class, <laughs> so the next week or whatever, my drama professor was like, they're all calling me King Tai and things like that. So, yeah, it was just a really fun uh, experience there. That's really cool. So enough about that. Um, I want to get into what your blog is about. Can you tell us a little bit about your blog? Um, basically, I, my blog, I just kind of did it as a, um, kind of just a hobby, thinking about, like, all the concerts I enjoy attending or albums I um, collect and listen to listen to a bunch of music, watch a lot of sports so I figured, why not write album reviews or concert reviews of all the shows I go to, just because it's such a frequent occurrence for me and I it might be fun to um, let people in in terms of my thoughts on some of the shows I attend so, uh, yeah, that was basically the initial um, reason I did it that's super cool. So you mentioned that you collect records or right records. Is yeah. it vinyl records? Yep. Okay, that's awesome. Where do you find your vinyl records? Typically, if there's if there happens to be record stores, which are few and far between now, which is very sad. But anyway, I'll find them there. Or the best record store we have, honestly, is Amazon. Well, Amazon is <laughs> really the best. Um, you can find anything on Amazon. So any, basically any record I, I'm really looking for, I either go to an artist website, go to a record store that I know of, or Amazon probably has it. So. Have you ever been to Half Priced Books in Fair Oaks? Yes. Yes. Have you checked out their albums? Yes. I, I, <laughs> I got a few, and I actually, uh, funny you say that, I ordered a, I think I, yeah, I just ordered something from there like a, a week ago or something. So that's funny you mentioned that. I yeah. love half I price know. books. It's okay. awesome. Um, so going into that, then what kind of music are you into? What genre? Mostly um, like classic rock type stuff. Like I grew up on all the thanks to my uncles having um, massive collections of classic rock. I got uh, kind of uh, exposed to all the like. 60s and 70s, all that 
Beatles, Pink Floyd, Led Zeppelin, Queen, all of that stuff <laughs> came from my uncles. But in terms of, um, like, my own thing, like, I, as a kid, I was super, this is kind of a weird one. For all that, like, rock and roll I was listening to, I also was obsessed with, like, Kenny G and Dave Cobb. Don't ask me what, specifically why, I just haven't, I, I can't remember why, because it was so young, I, I just, um, but yeah, I really have a wide, that's just an example, like, I went through a phase of, like, all the, uh, 90s pop, like, all that, uh, love sync, love Christina Aguilera, love Factory Boys, <laughs> that's what happens when you grow up with, um, a bunch of older girl cousins. Like, you come over and they're like, oh, let me play you Britney Spears. Or let me <laughs> play you, like, that's kind of what where I got that from. But everything else, um, I'm a very eclectic music taste. That's not even, we could spend hours on that uh, alone. So Right. And I, I think you remember also saying you were going to a Halsey concert, right? Is that this summer? Yes. That's um, super cool. Where is, is it in here, Sacramento? No, it's a Shoreline Amphitheater. I went to a, Neil Young had a, used to have a benefit for uh, the foundation actually helping people with disabilities, funnily enough. I didn't know this until I went. But um, he used to have a foundation where you get, uh, and we, I went to the last, like, performance of that, uh, my uncle, like, I think, like, four years ago or something, uh, and it was, like, in that particular show, he'll play Nora Jones, Roger Waters, Pink Floyd, uh, My Morning Jacket, a bunch of, uh, other people I'm forgetting, but it was a lot of, like, any namesake artist you can think of probably went to one of those, um, it's called, uh, I remember the name now, Bridge School Benefit, um, he had Metallica, he had Everybody you can think of, you probably had to play there. Because honestly, like, Neil Young asks you to play, who's going to say no? <laughs> like, hey, you want to play at my bridge school benefit? Eh, no, Neil Young, I'm too busy for you. No, everybody, everybody wanted to play, so um, <laughs> he had everybody there. But yes, um, I, I've seen Dead & Company there too, but that's a whole nother... Uh, in fact, that could be an episode by itself, so I'm not even going to uh, <laughs> really get into that. <laughs> yes. Um, seeing Halsey there June 24th, I think. That's super exciting. She's a wonderful artist. I really like her. What's your favorite song by her? <laughs> You're putting me on a spot. <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't know. Um, I will tell you a story of how I um, basically... When the pandemic started, I, um, I saw a, um, uh, CMT Crossroads, if you've watched that show, um, with her and, uh, Kelsey Balmini, so I just happened to watch it. Not really, obviously, Halsey had some hit songs on the radio herself, and that song with the Chainsmokers. In fact, funnily, I mentioned that, the Chainsmokers actually have an album coming out in a few hours, so tomorrow. Oh, wow. That's funny I mentioned that. But anyway, back to Halsey. I, uh, so I watched the CMT Crossroads, and I just uh, do what I normally do when I become, like, 
a super fan of Mars and just do a intense deep dive. Like it's not enough for me to oh, I know all those songs. That's fine. That's like the base. I wanna know where are they from? What why they make the music they do? Who did they make it with? Who did they all of those things. So when I go and deep dive on ours, I go through all of that uh process. It was like um so it's been like two years of me Almost, not every day, but for about a year, it was almost every day that I'd listen to her music. And then, um, yeah, I was supposed to go see her two years ago, but because of the pandemic, her show got canceled. So when she was touring again, I was like, I have to try and go this time. I saw in March, I saw Justin Bieber for a second time, uh, John Mayer for the third and fourth time solo. And I've seen him twice with Dead and Company, but that's another thing. Um, in fact, I went back to back nights in San Francisco. So I went uh, with my family uh, so on Friday night, and then some friend the next night. So it was, it was kind of crazy. But um, yeah, and let me mention that, uh, and I can't believe I haven't mentioned this for those of you who are interested. Who's this guy talking about music and why, why is he interested? Well... I've actually played drums since I was, I've had a drum set since I was three years old, but my parents noticed that I was, like, I was going to be a drummer, like, earlier than that. Like, I did, you hear stories of drummers and musicians, like, oh, you're banging on pots and pans in the kitchen, and I did all of that. But I do remember, I got my first drum set for Christmas, and the first one, uh, I broke the like the little plastic symbol, whatever it was, in seven months. So that's how much I played. So I, uh, yeah. So I played drums forever and all that kind of thing. That's so cool. Uh, I did not know that about you. Do you feel like your disability affects you in any way in playing the drums? Or do you feel like that's like where you're like naturally good at? I certainly think it affects it. I do think it's kind of funny that um, for as many... Um, like normal things, like everyday things that I might struggle with. I can play drums. I can figure out how to independently move my all four of my limbs different ways. That's that's crazy to think about. I that is think so about cool. Much, but I that's like you have trouble. You think if you have trouble tying your shoe, you wouldn't be able to um play drums, but somehow I'm able to figure it out and it's one of those things where I think um I think I naturally picked drums because I um I tried guitar and some other things that I couldn't do uh couldn't really figure out because of dexterity in my hands and I think I naturally like obviously I knew that so um drums has been my uh kind of thing uh and luckily now I'm using a electric drum set which uh Probably saves your neighbors from uh, <laughs> being in way. Because I uh, had a garage band and did a whole thing with my friends. And it was like, uh, I was always the one making noise in the neighborhood. The electric drum sets are actually so cool. Uh, Tash Sultana, the artist yes. that I told you about, mm-hmm. on, well, you know, she does the loops and stuff. But on right. stage, so she has the electric right. drum set. It, it's so cool. Mm-hmm. So that's really awesome. How often do you play the drums? 
Not as often as I used to. I don't even. I I'll just play every once in a while. But, That's uh, funny. Yeah, that's how I am. So I actually play the piano. Oh. Yeah. Cool. Maybe we could be in a band. <laughs> okay. I'm just kidding. Uh, I haven't yeah. played in a while, yeah. but. Okay. I don't know. What did she do? I don't know if you can rap or something. I. <laughs> can you sing? Or I can't sing. So... I could attempt to sing. Yeah. No, you sing well. Is what I'm getting at. I. I think I. I don't think that I sing well, but I've done karaoke and I've gotten compliments from other people. Okay. So but I what, think it has to be the right song, you right. know? So what, um, okay, now that we're talking about piano, do you have a, I don't know, did you have, like, an inspiration? Did you listen to, I don't know, just so much of Elton John records? Oh, you... Those? Did you learn Beethoven? <laughs> did you, what, so what was your... Yeah, so I would say I predominantly play, like, classical music only because, uh, so when I picked piano back up, I, I was always self-taught. I've always done, like, YouTube videos or whatever, but I was like, I want to learn the proper way, you know? So I actually went to, uh, like, got a piano teacher and everything and did the whole Suzuki method, uh, so I usually just play songs out of the book. It's all, like, Beethoven- uh, chopping, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned when you like an artist, you do like a deep dive into them. Can I ask you what intrigued you about Halsey? Yes, I um, I could spend way too much time on that, but let's uh, kind of give a short summary there. And like I said. Um, I think I said already, I happened across uh, a CMT Crossroads episode with her and Kelsey Barrini, and there was a um, particular performance of Kelsey Barrini's song, Homecoming Queen, that I was just so uh, enamored by the um, tone, and like, I don't know if inflection is the right word, but whatever the term is, I was just so um, impressed by her voice that I literally... I watched that video so many times and still do. And I went home all right after I was done. I was like, okay, now I need to figure out not just go through the hits, but take my time to like really do a solid deep dive on what makes Halsey great. And what's funny is I learned that I, um, the first time I went to see Justin Bieber, uh, Post Malone opened for him. At the time, I didn't know who he was. I only knew his song, like, Congratulations or something. But two months later, I found out that Halsey opened it for him. And I was like, oh, my gosh. I would have, like, fallen in love with her music six years earlier had I had seen that show. But so that was just funny that that happened to ha- that happened to occur. So question for you, Ty. If you could write a book... What would you write about? I think I would write about um, something musically. Like if I um, spend the time to follow a ba- a jam band or something uh, like a Goose or the Grateful Dead or someone, um, any artist that I enjoyed. Like if I spent the time to go to a lot of their shows and do some writing and that kind of thing, I would probably write about them and do kind of a biography type thing on them or I would do some sort of motivational like uh, thing talking about myself where I uh, talk about some of the things 
like I talked in this podcast, you just I've just kind of done um, like I like to try different things and not let my um, within reason, of course, not let my disability get in the way of me um, at least attempting to do those things. So I think I would either write about kind of like that sort of like motivational thing or write about uh, my chronicles of following my favorite artists around. So, um, yeah, that's pretty much what I would probably write about. Great question. Awesome. Who is your favorite artist right now? I have a lot. Um, well, I'm really into Goose uh, right now. Um, oh, I saw on your blog that they're going on tour soon, right? Yes. they. Are you uh, go see them? No, I'm not because they're not coming in one in California. Oh. But um, I do listen to a lot of their uh, shows and what's fun about the jam band scene that I kind of got into only because um, John Mayer happened to um, be in the side project Dead and Company who I uh, that's really the only reason I got into jam scene in the first place but I could I could go on that forever so um, what's fun about that is a lot of jam bands never play the same show back to back nights and most of the time, it's in multiple sets. So the reason you go to multiple shows is because you never know what you're going to get. A lot of times when you go see uh, um, a pop artist or even someone who's not in that kind of scene, they play the same set every night, which is fine. I understand like it's an artist's job. You have the hits, play them. But my thought after I saw Dead & Company was, wait a second. If you can get your fans to embrace the idea that every show is different and you get, like, there's moments of, like, there's conversations. Like, what's your favorite uh, version of Scarlet Fire? What's your favorite version of this song? And people have, they remember the dates. Like, most other shows that you probably go to, if I asked you years later, what day did you go to this particular show? I could tell you, but there's no distinct like like people into the jam bands like if you go to a show I can pro they can probably tell you oh you can play a song and it, this is from March 3rd 1974 at the I don't know the Cow Palace in San Francisco so it's that kind of idea that really uh, I was interested in and kind of uh, got into after getting Dead and Company because I had never personal music I listened to I'd never um, really given that much thought and it just kind of opened my eyes into what's possible at a show and of course um, we're not even talking about the best part of the show which is um, the uh, the crowd watching like it was um, the people watching it was incredible they have a, a thing called Shakedown Street and people they're selling merch, they're selling food, they're selling, like, people, it's a thing, like, people will go and they won't uh, ha get tickets, right? And then you just walk up to someone with an extra ticket and you end up getting in. It's fun. So it's really um, a really fun experience uh, in terms of there. So that's kind of the whole jam scene idea, and that's, I don't know, Fish or whoever else you want to consider a jam band that's kind of what they do 
So how would you, is it pretty difficult for you to navigate around concerts that are really busy and crowded? Uh, I'm glad you asked that. Um, by and large, yes. I, in fact, it's funny, it's a show in my amphitheater, when you're in the long uh, seats, it's a big hill, like the whole time. Mm-hmm. So you, so you're trekking up a hill, and a lot of times, yes, I feel like if I went to like, something like Coachella or something, like a bigger festival like that, I would definitely have trouble. Um, yes, there's adaptive seating and things like that, but I um, would have a bit of trouble doing something like that. But I'm sure um, I could, uh, if I really wanted to go, I'd figure it out. And it's one of those things where I'm like, okay, if my feet hurt for a couple of days after, what? Does that matter? It would be worth it, right? So Goose, with Goose, um, what's your favorite song by them? And what genre would you say they fall in? Oh, um, but that's a perfect segue because I just kind of explained how every version of their particular songs is a little bit different. I would say my favorite song of theirs, I think, is Arcadia. And then what was the second part of the question? I was getting... Um, I think I just asked... What genre they fall under, or um, would you consider they fall under? It's like, well, jam band, but that's not really a genre. That's more of a. It is, but it's. Would not. you consider it like rock or like soft rock, alternative rock, maybe? Yeah, it's um. Oh, they just do a lot of different things. Like it's, there's a lot of funk based grooves, and it's like uh, funk blues, just. It's a melting pot of things, as a fine in the jam uh, category. It's like really a melting pot of things. Like, for example, the Grateful Dead covered more songs in the twenty two hundred shows they played as a band over thirty years, which is a ridiculous amount. Um, they covered more songs than they wrote. So you'll see a lot of jam bands um, cover a lot of things that they enjoy playing, and um, just. They play and Goose basically. Um, I've never heard a bad cover of them. They can cover anything from Fog Hat to I've heard them cover um, like more modern artists, and it's been great. And back to so like the Grateful Dead or things like uh, Blind Melon and their song No Rain or a whole bunch of other things. So it's really fun to see how these bands figure out arrangements and decide what they're going to play on a night-to-night basis. basis. It's not only fun for the fans that attend the shows, I'm sure it makes the shows much more interesting for the musicians in the band, knowing that we don't have to play the same songs every night for 50 years. So do you have, would you say, this this same genre with your vinyls? Like when you collect your vinyls, are they... Pretty much blues and stuff like that as well. It's a lot. Um, a lot of uh, I would say most of my record watching is a lot of rock and roll. A lot of the seventies uh, singer songwriter type stuff. Like I have a lot of uh, let's see, Neil Young, James Taylor, Beatles, Zeppelin, Pink Floyd, a lot of different things, and then more modern things like um, I have some John Mayer records, have some Holly records, have have um. um Casing Musgraves, um, and then just albums that over time, as an album collector, it's kind of like 
okay, at some point, I have to buy Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon and put that in my record collection. And there's a list of things that's uh, just, uh, yeah, so everything. If you could start a business tomorrow, what would that business be? Probably something uh, music-related or... Uh, I could tell him get into like the sports industry or the one of those two things, maybe I don't know, a record store, maybe some sort of make a career out of, like I said, following bands around and just writing about it or podcasting about it, that kind of thing. I, uh, that's not really a business, but I think that, um, I it don't could know. Be if you had, I mean, you know, a people actively following your blog and stuff, I think that's totally yeah, a business. I guess, I guess freelance is, I guess freelance journalism is a thing. Yes. Um, that I've actually looked into. Uh, it doesn't seem very uh, practical. That's the thing that I don't, a lot of things I'm interested in, like to do as a career or hobbies, are not practical careers at all. Yeah, I'm, I feel like people are, like, that is reasonable to say um, based on, I think, like, social stigmas and stuff. But I think that if you are completely fulfilled in what you do, it's that's success to me. You know, like, if you completely yeah, love what you do. You'd rather... Um... And that's what a lot of people say about artists, you know, like, before they become super popular or, like, uh, I mean, like... Anybody. Art artists. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I don't think that it's super lucrative in the beginning. But someone no. said something to me earlier this week that I think really changed my perspective of how I view my career in general. And it was success without fulfillment is failure. So it's like you could be successful and you're not fulfilled, then that's failure, you know. But yeah. if you're more or less, like, not successful, but you are fulfilled in what you right. do, like, that is exactly. success to me. So. Exactly. I've always been told by friends and family that I would rather, they would rather me find something that I at least kind of enjoy and am decent at rather than me find something that I'm great at. But at the end of the day, you're bored out of your mind and you have no, like, uh, like you said, there's no joy coming from it in any form so ty let me ask you who's been your biggest supporter in life and why um i think i have to um give that honor to um really probably my my parents and just uh them being um so supportive of any uh kind of hobbies i had and different things about uh just throughout my life and i um They've just been super supportive if I come with questions about career-based things or a hobby thing that I look up or if there's things that I want to do. They uh, they just make sure that I um, that I kind of uh, stick to whatever I think about doing because I'm one of those people we've talked about uh, that I have so many ideas that a lot of times if I don't do something right away or at least think to put in some effort, I'll probably either forget about it or not remember until later. So a lot of times um, the, my parents have been great about like, okay, you said you wanted to do this or this particular thing for a job or this particular 
thing for anything I'm doing. Just kind of um, not only supporting me, but in any of my interests and things, but just kind of um, giving me a just reminders on, okay, this is what you have to do now to get here. And I would say to a lot of my friends who've done that and everybody I um, have come in contact with has been supportive of me. But uh, I have to, I would say, um, my parents first and then all the other people that I obviously forget to mention on this podcast. And I'll probably mention and even have them on my own podcast when I, when if and when I do make one. So yes, yeah, so um I actually want to talk about that then. So tell me what your podcast is going to be about. What is it going to be called? I'm gonna call my podcast the Tyler Dodge Show and I'm picking that name because I really want the podcast to be about my life, my interests, and what's gonna make it special is I'm gonna have people, friends and family and other people I've talked to come on and help me tell my story kind of through their eyes and just so, um, let me just read to you what, um, I had written down my kind of pitch. So my kind of pitch for my podcast is going to be something like, welcome to the Tyler Dodge show. The podcast about my life and my interests told from the perspectives of people who lived it with me. So any topic that I feel comfortable talking about, like some of the things we touched on today, I might have, a friend who knows a little bit more about that particular topic come on. Or if I'm going to talk about my surgeries, like we just talked about, have my parents come on and kind of um, kind of help remind me of what actually happened rather than um, me just trying to recalculate that. Or have someone talk about, like if I want to talk about adaptive sports, um, have the people I went to camps with talk about what's so special about those particular camps and why we do what we do and talk to people about that. So that's kind of my premise there because um, I feel like it'd be really difficult to do to t- uh, to talk about all of that by myself. So um, I feel like that's something that would make it easier for me just having people on just so it's more of a conversation and not um i'm not just talking to myself so yeah that's cool and you had a radio show right yes and how long ago was that uh let's see how long was that i had a radio show from 2018 to 2020 wow and you did that in college yep it's actually you were actually on the radio right yes what station was it uh ksu uh the student the student run radio station in uh at Sach State, and I had two different shows, because what I did is I originally called my first show The Fletch Hour, because I, uh, back to bringing up these camps I went to, there was a camp called Wave Camp for kids with disabilities, we would do adaptive water skiing, all this adaptive water kind of stuff, so uh, the reason I came up with that name is because we all got nicknames at camp, and then um, people at camp started calling me Fletch for some reason because I think, they don't call me on this, but I believe that we can look this up to make sure, but it's something to do with uh, the character of Fletch, his name actually being Ty, or something to do with the connection to my name with that character, so that's why 
the um, name came up there. I can't remember exactly why. But um, is that a TV show or a movie? It's or? a movie oh, okay. from the eighties. So, wow. so that was my initial thought um, for a show, and I did tried to do sports and music together, which is an absolute nightmare when you're doing it by yourself. So, I ended up switching to music alone because when music's playing, it gives me time to think. And calling my podcast or Taiwan Show allows me to talk about really whatever I want. And then if I find a niche, eventually I can come up with a fancy name related to that. So I guess the last question I have for you is, do you have any book recommendations? Uh, it could be any book. Okay. Just to come as a no surprise, but I, um, I'm a big fan of like historical documentaries or like um, musicians writing autobiographies about themselves. So I, um, I just, I've just started reading the, the, uh, the book The Storyteller, which uh, Dave Grohl wrote from Foo Fighters, Nirvana, and everything else he's done um, in his musical career. Um, he's writing about himself, and it's just interesting to like, of course. I know the backstory because I was obsessed with. Once I found out that he played drums in Nirvana, I was like, "Oh my god, he plays drums!" What? I was obsessed. I I listened to Foo Fighters like all the time. So based on all of this information that you gave me, Ty, it sounds like you were a really resilient person. Um. Yeah, I think uh, that's a pretty. Uh, good way to describe me. I feel like I thought it would describe me in that way, so I feel like you're on you're on the right track. Yeah, I just feel like uh, there was a lot of things in your life, and still currently, you know, that you have to face and overcome, and mm -hmm. every day you just do it. So I really admire that about you. Well, thank you. So I just want to thank you again, Ty, for coming on the show. I really appreciate your time. Yeah, I had, uh, this is the first time I've been on someone's podcast, so I had a really great time kind of um, talking about, I was just talking about some of the things we did, and one of the things where um, I've just kind of rolled with all the punches life has given me, and uh, just, I don't know, there's really, like, this is all I've known, so. All right, well, everyone, I hope you guys enjoyed this show. Thank you for being here. Thank <sniffs> you.